0: Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Lisa Bishop and I oversee our women's ministry and small groups at our Near North location. Hey, throughout the season, we wanted to create something consistent for you that would help add a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we've altered the use of this podcast. We'll be teaching a short devotional every day and we hope that you will use this time to meditate on and be nourished in God's Word. This is The Daily Cut and I'm Lisa Bishop. Well, it's good to be with you all. I'm so glad that you're tuning in. It's so important to create consistency in our lives, especially in this time of new normals and adjusting to different rhythms. And I want to encourage you to create rhythms and be intentional and purposeful about spending time daily with God and His Word. We're reminded in Psalm 119, 105, it says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And Proverbs 2 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And so, a reminder that it is so essential for followers of Christ to be in God's word daily. Well, hey, on yesterday's podcast, Amber Smith did a great job of unpacking Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, on overcoming worry and anxiety and how prayer ushers in the peace of God. And today, we're going to pick up in Philippians 4, verses 8 through 9, and hear Paul's final technique for combating worry and anxiety, and for experiencing the peace of God. And what Paul has to tell us today is be mindful of what you meditate on. Be mindful of what You meditate on. So we're going to talk about the power of thoughts and how they shape us, how the power of our minds, our thought lives, what we choose to focus on influences our lives and our peace. Now notice I use the word choose because oftentimes I think we take the position of being a casual bystander of our thoughts. We leave our thoughts unchecked and let them consume us and ultimately rule us. And we can get captured by our thoughts rather than holding our thoughts captive To Christ, as we see in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. And holding our thoughts captive is a very active and intentional action and process. So let's take a look at what Paul says. Philippians 4, verses 8 through 9. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, these verses are related to the preceding promise in verses six through seven that tell us what a peaceful mind, freed and guarded from anxiety, should dwell on, as well as the kind of behavior such thought patterns should produce. Our thoughts produce something. And it's been said that the mind has been likened to a garden, we need to be aware of what thoughts we're allowing to grow and take root, which ultimately produce fruit in our lives. And we want to produce good fruit and literally root out, weed out thoughts that do not produce good fruit, godly actions, and behaviors in our lives. And it's pretty sobering to remember that Paul is writing this letter to the believers in Philippi while he's imprisoned. Paul enjoyed peace in the midst of hardship, and earlier in the letter, he expresses the mindset that. His suffering and hardship are actually good because it's resulting in people coming to a saving faith in Jesus. Talk about a mindset shift. He didn't let his circumstances dictate his thoughts. He trained his thoughts in the midst of his circumstances to inform how he would feel and act. Our thoughts inform our feelings, which impact our actions and behaviors. What we think produces a feeling which produces and action. Examining and disciplining our thought life is essential in the life of a believer. And back in chapter 3, verse 19, Paul already warns us to not focus our thoughts on earthly things. So let's take a closer look at verse 8, where Paul is telling his readers how and what to focus on, a kind of like divine programming, uh, so to speak, that will ensure Their peace. He's calling upon them to emulate six specific thought characteristics, six thought filters, so to speak, and then two catch-alls as it relates to what our minds think about. In verse eight, he says, finally. So finally, from now on, he's telling us to set our mind on, to fix on, to think about, to dwell on things that are true. So the first characteristic of our thought life is to think about things that are true. Now, those things that are true are things that correspond to the teaching of God's word, which is literally the truth. So do our thoughts align with God's truth, which would assert that we actually need to spend time daily reading and knowing God's truth in the Bible so that our minds can discern and quickly sift the lies out from the truth. And here true also means, is what we're thinking true or truthful? Are our thoughts About ourselves, about others, about God, are they true? We need to get the facts. I can think of situations, which way too many to count, in my life where I absolutely was certain something was true. For example, a friend not returning a phone call and me making it mean they were mad at me or interpreting something someone said and adding meaning to their intentions rather than taking the time to get clarity and seek understanding. So many false interpretations of what people say or do leads to a lot of relational strife. So the question is, are we thinking about and believing what's true? Are we believing the best or are we letting our minds run rampant? Paul also tells us to focus on thoughts that are honorable. And honorable thoughts are those things that have the dignity of moral excellence. So this word denotes whatever is worthy of respect— Are our thoughts dignified and honorable? Does what you are giving your attention to have honest value? The third characteristic of our thought life are thoughts that are just. And some translations here say focus on things that are right. And the Greek word is dikaios, which essentially means those things which conform to the perfect standard of God's righteousness, approved of or acceptable by God, upright, righteous, virtuous, keeping the commands of God. Are our thoughts just? We are the image of God, and so do our thoughts reflect the righteousness of God? And then he says, focus on things, meditate on things that are pure. And pure means those things that are free from the taint of sin, thoughts that are holy and morally pure. And he also says to focus on thoughts that are lovely, which refers to those virtues that make believers attractive, such as generosity, kindness, compassion, the willingness to forgive. Do our thoughts promote love and acting in ways that are loving, pleasing, acceptable, and grateful? And then the sixth characteristic that Paul talks about is commendable. Are our thoughts well-sounding? Do they produce things spoken in a kind spirit with good will to others? Now, these are specific thought characteristics. It's certainly not an exhaustive list, so Paul goes on to add two catch-alls, reminding us to keep all of our thought life in obedience to Christ and run them through the additional filter of excellence and praise. So he says, anything of excellence, which means anything morally excellent, do our thoughts promote goodness, graciousness, virtue, uprightness? And then he says, Thoughts that are worthy of praise, anything worthy of praise. And this also means things of good report. So those things that give Christians a good reputation and a good name. Anything worthy of praise, anything worthy of commendation, praise, and approval. And I have to tell you, if someone plugged into my brain, would my thoughts be praiseworthy? Would God approve of my thoughts not all the time. That is for sure. I'm sure I'm not alone, but this is part of living the sanctified life that we are continually and daily being renewed in our mind and sanctified. And at the end of this list in verse eight, Paul says to think about these things. And other versions say, fix your thoughts on. So to think about means more than, ah, I read that I'm going to give it a little thought, and now I'm going to move on. No. To think about means to consider, to take inventory of, to dwell on, to determine, to purpose, to decide what you will meditate on. It's more than just a glance. It's not, ah, let me think about that. But think on these things in such a way that these eight characteristics give weight in your decisions, give weight and influence your thought life. Well, I want to take a few minutes to get a little scientific on you as it relates to our thoughts and the brain. Some of you might be familiar with Dr. Caroline Leaf. She's one of the world's leading authorities on the cognitive neuroscientific aspects of the brain and has studied the brain and the science of thought for more than 30 years. She's also a devout Christian, and she shows how science reveals God's truth as it relates to our minds and the brain. She teaches about our thought life and how our thoughts are like trees that every thought we have forms a tree with branches in our brain, and we're either producing healthy trees with healthy thoughts or unhealthy trees with toxic thoughts taking root. Godly thoughts build peace and a healthy mental and physical health. On the contrary, when you choose to think, feel, you choose to be angry or scared, you build toxic thoughts in your brain, which create a reaction in the immune system of your brain, which then creates inflammation in your body lowering your body's immune system. It's fascinating. Now, we can't control the events and circumstances in our lives, but we can over time and with the help of the Holy Spirit control our thoughts and hold them captive to Christ. Caroline Leaf also talks about the fact that we have neural pathways in our brains that are created by repetitive thoughts and most people live on autopilot with their thoughts most of the time. And this is because our neural pathways operate under the law of least effort or what we know of as the path of least resistance. And a thought meditated on or thought about often enough creates these grooves on our brains. And if we dwell on a thought long enough over time, it actually creates sort of a highway in our brain. So if my thoughts are worldly or negative repeatedly, it will be easier for my mind to follow that highway and fall into that groove. Now, On the other hand, when we take Paul's words, which are really God's words as it relates to what we meditate on in our thought life, we create healthy highways and godly thoughts over time, and that will be what our minds gravitate towards. Now, God was the first to say, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and we see that in Romans 12 too, and science proves the truth of God's word. When we renew our minds with truth, replacing toxic and unhealthy thoughts with the characteristics of the thoughts that Paul defines, we are transformed. Godly thoughts lead to godly behavior. Now, Richard Rohr, he uh, has authored many books, and he says this. This is a quote from him that I thought was very fitting. He says, Our thoughts have much to do with the formation of our character, We must be extremely concerned about what goes on in our thought life. We must avoid reading, seeing, or listening to anything that causes impure thoughts. Furthermore, the mind must not be left to wander at random upon every subject the adversary of our soul suggests. This requires earnest prayer and unceasing watchfulness aided by a diligent study of the Word and the power of the Holy Spirit guarding the gates of our minds against the invasion of sinful thoughts is a continual responsibility for the believer. And that's the end of that quote. So this is more than positive thinking. This is the power of the gospel at work in our lives. This is the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells in every believer to work in you, to will, and to act in order to fulfill God's good purpose. It is a daily intention practice and obedience to conform to Christ. Now let's look at how Paul concludes with verse 9. He says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. He says, practice these things. So this word means keep putting into practice, continual, consistent. It's not like a fad diet where I try eating healthy for two days and think I'll drop 10 pounds and have six pack abs. No, it's saying stay committed, endure, persevere in minding your mind. It makes me think of Whole30. I know a lot of you who either done or know someone who is ascribed to Whole30, which is a plan that says you can change your life in 30 days by resetting your health, habits, and relationship with food to discover lasting freedom. Essentially, it's an eating plan where you eliminate some things and you add others. This got me thinking, what can our spiritual Whole30 look like? What can our thought life Whole30 look? look like? Are we as committed to being mindful and intentional about what we're putting in our brains, the thoughts we entertain, the things we dwell on and consume, as we are mindful of the food we put in our bodies? Our thoughts are our brain food. Are they healthy? Are they using the eight guiding principles from Paul? Do they produce good fruit and righteousness, right thinking that leads to right living? What thoughts can we add and what Thoughts can we eliminate? And remember this this is not about behavior modification. It is heart and mind transformation, renewing our minds daily with God's truth and making his thoughts our thoughts. And we don't do this alone. Ask God to help you to be aware of your thoughts and then ask the Holy Spirit to help you hold your thoughts captive to Christ. And this is what leads to lasting freedom. This is what will result in the peace. Of God. Now, for an application this week, I want to invite you to put your thoughts through Paul's filter. Is what you think about true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable? Is your mind dwelling on things that are excellent and worthy of praise? What does your mind drift to? What do you dwell on? What thoughts do you entertain about your circumstances, your relationships, your family, your finances, your future? Can I suggest that this week we grab a journal and write down the thoughts we have for the next day or two? Now, we're not going to remember all 10,000 of them. I've told you have like ten to 30,000 thoughts a day, but we can start examining some of them and what thoughts are dominating our mind. We start seeing patterns and we take inventory and what thoughts is God calling you to hold captive to Him? to transform by the renewing of your mind and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me just say this. You're human. I'm human. We're all human. We all have thoughts that are not in alignment with Paul's charge to followers of Jesus that are not in alignment with God's truth. But here is the power. Choice. Remember, while we cannot control every thought that enters into our minds, we can choose what thoughts we will entertain and focus on. And so if you have a thought that is not in alignment with God's word, Choose another one that is. And remember, practice over time with intention and consistency and the power of the Holy Spirit, you will start to see a shift in what you focus on. And as you do, the peace of God will be with you. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope you are blessed by our time together. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Daily Cut. It is a privilege to spend this time with you as we renew our minds with God's Word. We're glad you tuned in, and we look forward to having you tune in tomorrow for a new episode of The Daily Cut.